Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all-American. Oh, actually, now. Actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me Chad. You know, yeah, there's something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Calamino, uh, Football Friday edition, week 15, 2017 season. There's always something, Emil. You know, I can hear you, but barely. So we'll just try to struggle through this thing today. What's going on with you, my friend? Uh, well, I just learned that, that Mike Tomlin's not afraid of the Patriots. Who writes these articles? Like, I have Yahoo as my, my browser, you know, my, my homepage. I don't know why, I just do. And there's an article, Mike Tomlin's not afraid of the Patriots, and that's great. Why is that a story? I mean, would you expect him to be afraid of the Patriots? Should he get to the podium and say, damn, I'm scared? I mean, what's... Yeah, um, yeah, listen, I don't know. That's why these guys get asked all these crazy questions. There's 7,000 media outlets, and everyone's got a story to tell, and they don't want their story to sound like the next guy's story, so they pull what they want out of an interview. Yeah, I mean, it's just to me, it's just very odd. Like, like what people consider a story in sports these days. Like the the head coach of an eleven and two team not being scared of another really good team is not a story to me. But apparently, in twenty seventeen, heading steaming towards twenty eighteen, believe it or not, that is a sports story. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess it is. In this day and age, anything you know, anything could be a, a news story. Um, Emil, you own any Bitcoin by any chance? No, but I wish I did. I don't, you know, honestly, I've, I've read about it and I have a hard time. I, I, you know, I get the general concept. I have a million questions that aren't for a show like this, but, um, you know, generally I just wish I owned some of it because of what it's worth. I, I don't really understand why it's going to continue to be worth that. And I don't want to try to figure it out in this forum, but no, I don't own any. Don't own it. Well, you know, you're you're missing the fat, I guess, because that's all I've been seeing, even on my largely sports timeline. Uh, people are talking about that. 
pretty amazing how things like this run. But nevertheless, yeah. okay, let's yeah, let's get into the into the sports of things. Um, we have, uh, I, I, you probably know this, but I just want you off the if this is off the top of your head, it'll be even better. Um, how many bowl games do you think we have this year? Well, I do happen to know. Um, if I believe if you count the national championship game, it ends up at like 41. I mean, that's pretty amazing, Emil. Is, that, is this too many bowl games? Is 41 too many? 80, 82 teams playing in bowl games. Is, uh, you, you know, I used to always believe that, and to, to a large degree, I still do in a, in a purely, uh, as a purist, I do believe we have too many. But I will say this. I find myself probably like you home during the holidays or at least near a TV in someone's house, uh, you know, during the holidays. And considering we had a little party for my mother-in-law's birthday here at the house last night and somehow curling ended up on my TV accidentally. Somebody had switched the channel to ESPN and there was curling on. I realized that I wish there was a college bowl game on last night, even if it was a team from the MAC playing a team from the Sun Belt. So uh, so you, you, you're telling me then um... – this is a very good space filler during the holiday season. Well, that's what it's there for. I mean, let's let's not pretend. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head with the stories. Well, the same way there's a million outlets for stories, and we get really arcane sports stories because there's so many outlets. There's so many outlets right now on a 24-7 cycle that cover sports. You know, ESPN years ago was – the only outlet, and then, you know, everybody copycat it. You know, you have Fox with their own sports channel, NBC, CBS. Everybody needs something to put on, and curling usually isn't going to draw a lot of eyeballs outside, I'm thinking, Canada. So the bowl games are essentially paid for, I believe, and probably I'm probably right about this. I don't even think I believe it. I think I've read this. A large chunk of this is funded by the the big networks. Yeah, so, um, yes, it's... If you don't feel like watching a Christmas story for the 7,000th time in your life, um, I guess you could hop over there and watch Central Michigan take Oh, Mary, do we have to watch this again? Can't we just put on a college bowl game? Yeah, um, I'm starting to figure out that someone a long time ago figured out that, yeah, you know, listen, we're not going to get a huge audience, but we're going to get something, and it's probably going to be better than what anything else can draw. Um, at this time of year, and why not fill it in with a, with a college football game? I admit it. You and I make fun of some of the games every year. We have fun with, like, you know, some of the two, six, and six teams. But we still watch it. I mean, you don't might not watch the whole game, but, I mean, if you're home at night and, you know, you're thinking, okay, am I going to watch the King of Queens rerun again, even though I enjoy it and it will probably make me laugh, I've seen it ten times. Or am I going to flip on a quarter or two of that game between those – Six and six teams. I'm probably going to watch a quarter or two of the two six and six teams. Well, coming up tomorrow, man, we got the North the Celebration Bowl. It's going to be North Carolina A and T versus Grambling. Um, I know you've already gone out and got the Tostitos chips ready for that one. You, you, you know, over the years, I've have thrown on games like that. Admittedly, I don't. I mean, what are they? NAIA schools? Is, is that the classification they are? No, uh, I mean. These this is uh these are historically black colleges playing in this bowl game. No, but I mean they're what they don't are they what are they considered? I'm being serious now. Are they Division One Double A? What are they? I know they're historically black colleges. I get that, but are do they play in One Double A? What's their classification? You know you're uh you're showing your age there throwing out that 
division. I know. F- 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 Excuse me. F- FCS. F- Do they play FCS? Is that their classification? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen the game. I mean, Grambling's noted, I know, for their band, right? They have this amazing band. I've seen that over the years. You know, I've watched part of this. It's it's on at noon on a Saturday. There's nothing else on. Um, if I happen to be near my TV with a controller, again, the curling isn't going on. I'll put this on. Um, yeah, I, and and you know, like we said in the in the uh, in the beginning, yeah, of course, um, I'll take this over anything that's going to be going on a Hallmark Channel or. I don't know if I, you know, would take some of these games over, you know, a Charlie Brown Christmas, but um, no, no, yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas when you know Lucy and Naughty, you gotta, you gotta have that. But I mean, if Charlie Brown's not on, you go with this. Yeah, uh, definitely, and and for sure. So here's what we've got coming up: we've got the uh, the Celebration Bowl, North Carolina A and T and Grambling. Then we've got the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. That's going to be Troy versus North Texas. Uh, the big thing for Troy here is they, they took out LSU earlier this year. Yeah, that Troy. They're going to be playing in this game. You've got the AutoNation Cure Bowl. That's going to be Western Kentucky versus Georgia State. Um, I happen to know the quarterback from Western Kentucky played for us at university school. Mike White has uh, amassed a ton of yards throwing there, which a lot of quarterbacks for Western Kentucky do. Um, and he's uh, falling right along in with that. So if you want to see a high powered passing offense, you're going to see that with Western Kentucky, really not sure what Georgia state brings uh, to the table. And then you've got the Las Vegas bowl, Oregon taking on Boise state. That's going to be the Willie Taggart less Oregon ducks now under the control of Mario. That's actually not a bad ball game. I mean, uh, Oregon made uh Cristobal, right? The full-time coach. Now he, he's got that job. They did. They did indeed and do that. And he's already so. on the staff, so it's not like they're they're going in there, you know, kind of just going through the motions. They have their quarterback back. Boise typically gets jacked up for these kind of games. That's actually not a bad game. Yeah, and, and, you know, listen, if you've got nothing to do on Saturday, you probably should be out shopping unless, you know, you're going to do this whole thing through right. Amazon, which, you know, I'm you know probably going to attempt to do. But if you're home on a Saturday, you've got five bowl games right there that, you can uh, take a look at. Also, didn't mention that uh, you got Marshall and Colorado State. Not a bad uh, game, be believe it or not. That's really not. <laughs> yeah, the New Mexico Bowl. Ever been to New right. Mexico, Emil? You know, you know what? I've been to large chunks of the United States, but two places I'd like to get are Arizona, close to New Mexico. I'm going to Arizona, though, not New Mexico. And I really haven't had a reason to go up to the Pacific Northwest like Washington. I'd like to see... Uh, you know that area, Seattle, and that. But uh, you know, no, I, I, I've yeah, no I, I would have thought you'd have been a guy that had uh, taken a trip to 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 uh, to Washington, the Seattle area. Uh, Amo, I've been in New Mexico. Yeah, a brother okay. like myself in New Mexico. And what, and what did you find? What did you find in New Mexico? Because one thing I do know, because I'm, you know, this is the CPA. Me, I like to read business stories. It's got one of the highest poverty rates in the country. I do know that. Um, let me tell you what I found out there. Um, a lot of dust and a lot of dust bowls, and it it really seemed like a great place to film one of the best binge-watch television programs ever. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're talking uh, Walter White. Breaking uh, Bad. Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, correct. What you saw in Breaking Bad in terms of scenery is exactly what it is. I was in Las Cruces, by the way. I wasn't what were you doing out there, by the way? I hope it was football-related. 
you didn't go for vacation. Football related, you know that. I was playing for Long Beach State. We went out there and played New Mexico State. It was a blast, Amo. All the dust and everything. Uh, I are you trying it. to say that you don't think Marshall and Colorado State are really jacked up about having to go to New Mexico to play each other? They should celebrate it. They're in a bowl game. There's some others who aren't. I mean, the University of Florida didn't make it into a bowl game this year, so consider yourself fortunate to be one of the um, small amount of teams, uh, 82 of them, playing in bowl <laughs> games this year. So uh, Marshall and Colorado State, enjoy it. All right? And then there's the and then you got the one Raycom. to cap the evening at 8 o'clock, right? Then we, we go to the Raycom Camellia Bowl. Where is that, by the way? I don't know, but camellia sounds like something you catch that you didn't really want. Yes, I so. got a case of camellia, and, and, and in the process, I watched Arkansas State play mid Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's your nightcap, by the way. Primetime television, 8 p.m. ESPN, uh, Middle Tennessee versus Arkansas State. So that's what you have coming at you. Just a little reminder, uh, if you're listening to the show and you want to call into the show, the number to call is 319-527-6059. Now, Emil... Um, as you know, last Friday, took a trip up to Orlando with our team, American Heritage, um, and went for our, our back-to-back state championship um, and, and went out there and played a team called Baker County um, from, you know, I think Jacksonville area of Florida, small-town team. Um, and, you know, we went out there and handled our business. It was, we were runaway winners. Uh, dominated the team. It's the first time, I think, in the school's history, Baker County I'm talking about, that they made it to the state final. On our end of it, Amel, we had just completed uh, back-to-back undefeated seasons, um, won 28 straight. Of course, after going undefeated the year before and winning the state championship, and you're returning a certain amount of guys, not everybody. We, we, we lost a fair amount of kids. I want to say 22 or 23 um, seniors last year. But, you know, you've, you, you have a couple of five-star guys that are returning. You're the favorite to come back and repeat the next year, which we ended up doing uh, and making it all the way there. And, and uh, 28 straight games, two back-to-back undefeated seasons. And, listen, and that's pretty impressive, by the way. Congratulations. What's that? That's pretty impressive. Congratulations. It's very, very impressive. And then I turn around and see for the second straight year, the – Coach of the team that we played won Coach of the Year. Now, listen, you can call it petty, all right? We did win the championship. Extremely happy about that. And I'm listen, I'm not all that upset about, um, you know, our head coach not winning Coach of the Year. I just decided to point it out on Twitter. And as you right. know, when you when you point things out on Twitter, um, you know, people can respond rather quickly. Um, they can respond publicly. So I got all of Baker County coming after me after I um, uh, after I made the post, which you know would have been a slight to them. I could see how they would take that. I just uh, posted a funny picture of a guy looking kind of like in disgust and shock, saying when the uh, coach of the team that won you know five A coach of the year gets smacked by the team whose coach won twenty eight straight. And, uh, you know, of course, all of the, you know, it wasn't the nicest thing, I guess, to post. But I just wanted to make the point that, hey, why, how, does this, well, how does this happen? You are a hurricane. What can I say? That's in your blood. Hey, you know, it is. And, you know, before I was a hurricane, I was a hurricane. I've just always been a little slick at the mouth. So I had all of Baker County um, coming after me, all 76 of the folks um, coming after me. 
And listen, Emil, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is in our society right now where um, we hate on high achievement. We hate on greatness. Uh, we just don't want anyone to get out there. Um, so, of course, you know what we faced, what, you know, what the talk was from the folks from Baker County. Well, you guys recruit. Or anyone could have won the championship with a team full of five stars. That's what we get. Oh, somebody said that once years ago, I recall. Some crazy NFL owner said anybody could have won. Anybody could have coached that team to a Super Bowl. That didn't work out well for him. No, and I've also heard the same thing about the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Um, I, I understand that some people say that jokingly, but Emma, where are we in society that that's our mentality? It's it's listen. The used to you you and I are old enough to remember this. Some of the uh, the listeners only recall it through being told this, but that used to be the creed with the Chicago Bulls. Anybody can coach the Bulls to those championships. Anybody except Doug Collins, he couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's just, you know, and the, the thing that bothers me is just how people totally discount what it is that we do as a staff. First of all, um, players transfer into our school, okay? People want to equate transfer in with recruit. Um, when you have something good and you've built something up to be great, people just come. You know, there's a saying, build it and they will come. Yeah, so they want to be part of it. Everybody likes to be part of greatness. I mean, no doubt about it. That's we we do that as humans. We gravitate towards success. I mean, you you like to have friends that are, you know, got their crap together at least most of the time. I don't mean it monetarily. I just mean it's, you know it's more enjoyable to be around people that have their act together than not. So why would you not gravitate towards a successful program? Yeah, sure. And I don't understand if it's you know I don't know if this is just the way that they cope with having lost the game or this is how they truly feel, but they are under this impression, or at least they're putting out, putting it out there that we go out and we grab ready-made products and that these kids come here as five stars already. They come here as future NFL talents and we just roll them out there on the field and uh, we go at it. Uh, we, we just tell them show up to the field on Friday night and then the victories come. You, Emil, yeah. as much as anyone else know how much time I put into this, and as much time as I put into it, the rest of our staff does. And when these kids come, um, they may be, they may have potential, but it's up to us to turn that potential into the talent that um, these people eventually end up seeing, and I guess holding some disdain from. And well, just, I think yeah, I think a lot of that is a defense mechanism, and you see it in all different facets of life. I mean, it's just it's it's. As humans, I think we're just geared to somehow we get defensive. I mean, it's like the old, you know, I'm making a joke here, but it's kind of true. You know, when people say, you know, well, looks aren't everything. And that's true, but, you know, rarely do you see a good-looking woman or man say that, right? Exactly. You know, Brad Pitt doesn't roll up to you and say, hey, Chad, looks aren't everything, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, absolutely. But um, that's that just that just kills me that we have this mentality. A lot of work and a lot of time is put into developing kids with potential um, into kids that blossom into four or five stars or highly recruited kids. There's a lot of work that goes into that. You you don't win 28 games in a row in in any sport, especially in high school football where you guys play it down there. You don't win that many games in a row unless you're prepared. Yeah, this involves beating um, 
our biggest rival in the district twice in the same year. And, and listen, those folks over there at Cardinal Gibbons um, loaded up, and they put in a lot of time um, and effort um, and had their practices. I know the hard work that they put in to try and knock us off and end our winning streak against them. We had to play them twice. Um, you're talking about the second-ranked team in our classification throughout the entire year. We had to beat them twice. So uh, once they're one of the better teams in the whole country. So, you know, it's, it's a fallacy to just think you guys can flip your helmets out there and win that many games in a row. I mean, that's just, it's, it's, we hear it all the time. I mean, it's no different now. You'll hear it with Alabama because they've been on a roll the last decade with Saban. Uh, Anybody can coach Alabama. Look at the kids they got. Really? Anybody can coach Alabama. Yeah. Nobody else has players. Yeah. I guess anyone could just, you know, uh, Nick Saban could step down tomorrow, and uh, any old Joe Schmo, uh, you or I could just go in there, and it'll be business as usual. That would be foolhardy for anyone to think that, but uh, I, I guess You know what we find, Chad? And we found it out with the joke you and I used to, we'd be talking every year around recruiting time we are doing our shows, and <clears throat> when when my old guy uh, Kiffin was out at SC, everybody would go, Oh, he's a great recruiter. You know, anybody can recruit at USC, and that's kind of true, except for one thing. Not anybody can coach, right? Because when he was there, he wasn't winning as much as he should have. And that's Yeah, the I mean, there's program. an entire pie there. There's an entire pie. You've got to, you know, um, you've got to develop the talent. You can, there's a lot to do there. And so to try and poop – so for the second year, Emil, um, last year they gave it to the coach that beat us. And to be quite honest with you, Emil um, – uh, maybe I could see how that was done. Um, we uh, we clearly had more talent than the team that we played last year, and Emily took us down to the wire, 35-33. I got a ton of respect. Yeah, I remember. I remember you telling me about the game, and maybe that's a case of, okay, fair enough. You know, let's be honest. We had a better team, and th- they pushed us to the limit. Give it to them. But you guys, and you know, I don't know anything about the other school. I only know about your games because I follow it more because of you and. You know, I know the history of your program, and you guys spank these guys. And maybe they don't have the talent you you did, but you you beat them bad. And your coach won 28 games in a row, and you guys won back-to-back, you know, 5A titles. If that doesn't get you coach of the year, I'm not sure. I I guess you're just disqualified if you coach at American Heritage. Is that how it works? And that's exactly what it is that I'm thinking. It doesn't doesn't matter. You're automatically disqualified. So if you think um, that a team is supposed to get there, then um, there's no way that coach is going to win coach of the year. Yes, I understand in the school's uh, Baker County's 72-year history or, or whatever it is, it's the first time that they made it there. Um, and, Amal, these guys had more talent than the team we played last year. But the score was 37 nothing at halftime. Um, and it could have easily have been a 60 to nothing game. could have been that kind of game. Um, and, you know, I watched some of the games that they played. And, listen – Good job getting there. This team wasn't better than the one that we played last year. At some point, are you going to give our head coach, our coaching staff credit for having um, a target on our back, a bullseye on our back all year long and getting back there and, 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 and winning the game and then winning it in grand fashion? Or is it like well, you said? you know, I often made? wonder the people that say this stuff, how many of them actually played sports? Because I can tell you, I've seen interviews, and I'm sure you have too, with professional athletes, right? And they finally win at something, whether it's a division title or a conference championship. And they're so gleeful. I've heard guys say, I was never on a championship team. I mean, I'm talking about Little League Baseball, Pop Warner, 
teener baseball, high school, uh, the football, basketball, they were never on a championship team. It was a, And these guys are, are grinning ear to ear. And I, I just don't think sometimes fans, either they, they didn't play or they forget how hard it is to win a championship. And I mean in anything. I don't care if it's Little League Baseball. It's hard to be the best at something. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I guess if you haven't been there, um, and having found yourself in that position, I guess it's extremely difficult, at least a lot more harder than I thought it it, it was to to understand um, what it takes to get there. So yeah, I had a I had a little interesting 24 hours on Twitter with the folks from Baker County that um, wanted to quote unquote. And you come kept coming me back, and, so uh, your thumb is sore, isn't it, from from going back What's and that? forth on your phone? You were probably on your phone responding to all these tweets. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Listen, every now and then, and then you know what happens, Emil, when you get the upper hand on someone um, in, in a back and forth on Twitter. They call you a name. You're stupid or something. <laughs> no, not stupid. Oh, well, okay, you you own a recruiting company. Like, could you be a little more professional? Let's not have this public service announcement for anyone that might be listening now that follows me on Twitter. Whether I own a company or not, and I own s- several, and Gridiron Studs, is uh, the major one. If you come for me on Twitter, I am not going to hesitate to slice you up right there on Twitter. If I so choose, you can call it uh, unprofessionally. You can call it whatever you want. I will, I will tear you apart right there. Not a problem. Chad is and the United States during world war two. Okay. We didn't, we didn't start it, but we sure as hell finished it. Exactly. When I look at this, Amel, this is my Twitter account. Okay, I didn't go find these people. They found me. You came on a thread that I started on my Twitter account and decided to respond to me in whatever fashion it was that you decided to respond to me. And then you're going to talk to me about me being professional. Right. Come for you. I didn't ask you to come into the conversation. Go back. Go back to your Xbox in your mom's basement and be quiet. Yeah. If you didn't like what I said, you could have kept it moving. There's a hundred of there's hundreds of posts on your timeline. Keep it moving. You, thought you know what you learn too, and I, I'm sure you're learning this though as you get older. When you're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, I don't really like Twitter. I know you do. It's better for what you do. But even yeah. just because you see something on your timeline that you disagree with, doesn't mean you have to respond to it. Absolutely not. For, I mean, I mean, your thumb is a great tool. Just keep slapping that thumb on the screen and keep it moving. But right, that's it. I mean, that's, I've learned that because sometimes you get sucked into an argument and you find yourself that it's something you don't even care that much about. <laughs> You're like, why am I in this? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's just uh, amazing. So yeah, for for all those uh, folks that think you're going to come at me on Twitter, start something, then fall behind in the little back and forth, and then want to um, try to pull out the be professional thing, that's never going to happen. I will professionally slice you to pieces on there if you come on my Twitter account um, acting a little dumb. So that's that's enough of that. By the way, I'm going to pick this conversation back up again um, at the top of the hour when I have Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football along with me to uh, do a wrap of the finals, uh, the Florida Football State Championship finals. We will be doing a wrap on that, and I will talk to Joshua some about um, how Baker County's coach wins coach of the year. Um, Joshua is in favor of of uh, the way that vote went. By the way, Emil, he he's uh 
he seems to feel like the, they got it right. So we will be having that discussion at the top of the next hour. So be sure to join in on that. And again, to call into the show, 319-527-6059. And well, a couple of things that are out there, um, and I just wanted to do this rapid fire. I've got about five topics right here that we could jump on. Um, a minute. I want to see if you can be able to handle this. You know, you've been accused of being sure. long-winded by some people. Sure. Oh, okay. Now we're already in that mode. He hits me with a one-word answer. I like it. That's right. Lay it on me. Okay. I, I like that. You're all prepped for it. All right, Amo. Um, here's number one. You know, let me get my clock ready, too, because we're going to just – and you can appreciate this as an accountant. Uh, I'm going to keep complete track of this. 30 seconds for you, 30 seconds for me on a, a couple of these topics right here. Aaron Rodgers is back this weekend, Amol. Do the Packers get into the playoffs? Go. No way. Not a playoff team. Even with Rodgers back, can they win three straight? They, they won't win three straight. Schedule's too tough. Check the schedule. But you got Aaron Rodgers. And they, listen, they've never been a playoff team. They've just had Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He's a playoff quarterback. Carol at Carolina, home with Minnesota, at Detroit. Too much there. They're not winning all three games. That's nope. Okay, we got thirty seconds left. Let me throw this back out at you then. Um, if they beat Carolina, would you change? Beat Carolina at Carolina, might you change your team? Uh, mm, probably not. I because I still think right now, even even with wins, I still was feeling Minnesota as the most complete team in the NFC. With the 15 seconds we have left, if if they're able to win those last three games and they get into the playoffs, how dangerous is Green Bay in your opinion? Well, that would mean Rodgers is out of his mind again. They become dangerous to the extent they can knock somebody out. They're not good enough to win the NFC. Just like last year when they ran into a complete team, then they got beat. Last night, Cleveland took on the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, the biggest thing going on for the Los Angeles Lakers his big baller brand being on there, Angelo Balls on the team. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, Amel. After the game, um, there was one of those talking to the into the T-shirt type conversations between Ball and LeBron James. Amel, do you like LeBron James going to the Lakers next year? I, I've said it. I think that's where he may end up to end his career. It makes some sense to me. The Lakers have some pieces. I, I could see him doing that and, and then going into using it to vault into show business. It's very similar to the way Shaq uh, is, is a, a, you know, kind of a star, gets in some movies. You see him in commercials. I could see LeBron being in La La Land. Do you like him to do it as early as next year? Uh, I could see it, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, the Lakers are an improved team. It may not be showing up totally in wins and losses, but they're competitive um, you know, they're, they're hanging in games like with, with teams like the Cavaliers. So I could see LeBron liking what he sees there and maybe heading west. Maybe maybe so. Uh, you know, I think at this point in his career, I think LeBron wants to rack up some championships. Don't know that he could do that with the Lakers. It's going to take some time. I don't think they're, you know, instantly going to be on par with Golden State. Who knows how long LeBron's got left. I think he's leaving all of his options open right now, including a, a trip to Houston, which has been thrown out there. Baker Mayfield was your Heisman Trophy winner last week. Um, of course, he, you know, is a guy of many antics, planting a, the flag in the middle of the uh, old out of Ohio State. One of his more uh, famous antics this year was grabbing his crotch um, during a game, which, you know, got some, got some airtime. And uh, ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet was 
dismissive of his antics and said that he's often misunderstood. While at the same time, um, I don't know if you remember it, but there was a Tennessee football player this year that ran into the end zone and threw up some middle fingers to some Alabama fans, I believe, that were in the end zone. Um, and to that, Kirk Herbstreet said um, the guy should be kicked off the team. Is Kirk Herbstreet wrong in saying Rashawn Golden, the, the defensive back for Tennessee, should have been kicked off the team while we uh, also need to be dismissive of Baker Mayfield's antics because he's misunderstood? Uh, well, I, yes, I, I think Herb Street's wrong. I, I think there's a a, a, t- a tinge of this, you know, undercurrent that we see that we always hear with guys like uh, Tom Brady's a leader when he yells at somebody, and Des Bryant is a jerk when he yells at somebody. I think. Herb but don't Herb's you get a, a pass in of, society if you're really good at something? Well, you you do get a pass if you're good at something. First of all, I think Mayfield's an asshat, but I love him. I think, I think he's. I think that kind of stuff is what makes college football rivalries great. So, um, he's he entertains me, and that's what well, I want. Should you get that pass for. though? I mean, if you're good, if you're good at football, shouldn't you get a pass for grabbing, you know, your crotch? Well, no, I don't think you should get a pass, and I, I, you know, but I also don't think either guy should be kicked off the team. They're 20 years old. I think maybe you know. You sit him down if you have to sit him down a half or something, whatever. I wouldn't kick a kid off the team if it's the first time he did that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to a Tennessee kid either. How many crotch grabs do you get before you're out of there? Well, you only get one. The second one means you're not listening to me, and then I have to do something about it. So we got a two crotch grab. Uh, you got a match. two crotch grab with me. Two crotch grabs. First crotch grab, I put my arm around you and say, "Son, you ever do that again? I'm gonna kick you off the team." Second crotch grab, I kick you off the team. Yeah. All right. Well, we just, I'm going to write that down Two gr- crotch grab maximum. Sounds like a good name for a blog or something that might yeah, start. Yes. Crotch grab maximum. Hey, well, I know you've been watching cause I've seen a couple of, um, you know, posts by you about it. Uh, Derek Jeter's come in there and, uh, he's sweeping everything up out of their fans down here. Um, all 11 Marlin fans down here in South Florida are pissed off about it. Do you agree with what he's doing, clearing uh, these high salaries off the books? Well, he's trying to use the Astros' ultimate suck strategy, hoping to get a bunch of you know number one picks and seeing if he can do that. I'm not for that. I mean, my problem with with baseball is that you know you, you have to watch it for six months. If you're if you are shooting for one championship every decade and then you're going to suck the other nine you're probably not going to have a very good franchise because no one's going to be there in the one year you're good. They can't believe you're good, and they don't even show up. So oh, you no, I, I don't the South Florida fan. Um, we could lay dormant here for six, seven, eight years, and then we start getting on a winning streak, or it looks like we're going to be in the playoffs and that cameras are going to be here. You'd be surprised how we can show up for just that uh, a two-month run. <laughs> Very, yeah, very, well, I, I noticed that a little bit with the Hurricanes this year, and they got some of those games at the end of the year. But that said, I, I just don't like the strategy. I, I, I think you have to give the baseball fans something to show up at the park for and watch. And when you're just becoming a feeder system for other teams, I'm not, I'm not big into that. Well, let me throw this back at you. Giancarlo Stanton has been there. Uh, Soon has been there. Um, and, yes, okay, the Marlins have not been winning like that. Um, but you've had these superstars here. You've had the highest play, player in baseball there. Fans still aren't showing up. So uh, should you care if you're Derek? Well, you're going to kill my 30 seconds. Anyway. You're asking me something I already believe the team should be moved if you read some of my posts. I just don't think Miami is a baseball town. I don't think you guys 
give much of a damn about Major League Baseball. You like your spring training down in South Florida. And after that, you watch your teams from New York and Boston and where most of y'all came from, and nobody <laughs> cares about the Marlins. Giancarlo Stanton is now a New York Yankee. He's in a lineup that also has Aaron Judge and a lot of other big-time hitters in that, uh, in that lineup. The New York Yankees are in the World Series this year? Well, they're certainly right there in the conversation. They were in the ALCS last year. I mean, I think Houston, New York are, are the two best teams in the American League. And, I, you know, and frankly, going in, I think the Dodgers and, and probably the Cubs will be the two best teams in the National League. Now, whether it'll play out that way again, I don't know, but I would certainly make them one of the four favorites, top four favorites. Does he make them a better team come playoff time? I'm not talking regular season. We know he's going to hit 40. I'm not sure about that, Chad. That's a whole other because I I think the Yankees don't lack for power. And in that band box they play in, I mean, you're going to get a Brett Gardner hitting 20 homers. I mean, they may have three guys that if they stay healthy, each hit 50 homers. But you and I have talked about that, you know, a lot because we both like baseball. Hitting home runs typically decreases in the playoffs. And, you know, with those homers, those those three guys combined for 491 strikeouts last year. I looked it up. Sanchez, Judge, and and Stanton. That's a lot of that's a lot of breezes also for the for the bleacher creatures out there besides home run balls. And that's what you have to be careful of. Right. Well, Emil, listen, you you did all right holding yourself together. We went over a minute. It's you know a couple of times here, but um, uh, I'll give you an A minus for uh, getting a quick. Yeah, you know, I'll give you an A minus for that. I'll be sending you a grade in the mail. We're going to take a break. When we get back, college bowl talk, we're going to figure out if we're going to make some picks here for this college football bowls that are coming up because you're not going to hear from us again um, maybe until next week, Thursday. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do a Friday show next week, but next at least till next week, Friday. So we'll figure that out during the break. When we get back, though, we're talking college football on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. 
Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Now I'm out here looking like revenge, feeling like a tent, the best I ever been. And yeah, I know how bad it might hurt to see me like this, but it gets worse. Now you're out here looking like regret, ain't so proud to beg, second chance you'll never get. And yeah, I know how bad it might hurt to see me like this, but it gets worse. Now payback is a bad bitch and baby. All right, we're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show Football Friday edition. Dad Wilson and Amol Calamino. Uh, we hit those topics. Time to talk college football. There's only 41 bowl games for us to talk about here. So, um, yeah, I don't think we should be even making picks on these first five. I mean, I'm looking at these. I mean, I, you're going to have to give me time to get a dartboard up. <laughs> ah. I mean, so you're saying that's not how you've been doing it this year? Well, some people may argue that that is what I've been doing. But. Yeah, to be quite honest with you, Amol, um, other than really the South Florida-Texas Tech game, yeah, um, and I've watched quite a bit of FAU, I'm not going to be able to give you much other than just a hunch. Um, on these bowl games that go through that that are before Christmas, let's just put it. Yeah, through. I mean, we if you want, I mean, we could talk about some of them that you find interesting. I mean, I'm not, I mean, we can give you what we think might happen, but I mean, for me to say that I really have a strong opinion on you know whether Colorado State's going to cover the spread against Marshall, I'd be lying to you. Well, you know what we normally do? We pick, we end up picking ten bowl games, and it's just the best of ten. So none of my ten would be on any of these no, games. Before no, no, we can do it next week. We'll lay. How about we? We'll do our ten and lay them out for the rest of the bowl season because these preliminaries might be entertaining in some cases. But I mean, there's a lot of games that it's just it, the point spread. It's hard. I mean, I, I tell you, I would enough game tomorrow that we talked briefly about the Oregon Boise State game. 
Well, there's one. It's a full touchdown. I'd probably be inclined to take Boise there. You know what this just boils down to? You know what this looks like right now that just happened here? Uh, you ever came to class and didn't have your assignment ready? And uh, you kind of talked the instructor into putting it off till the next week? Yes. It's exactly what just went down right here. So. Well, I got my other pick ready. Take notes how we got that done. Yeah, take notes. We, we, we're, we're calling the assignment off. Well, let's just talk about that Boise State-Oregon game. Boise State ranked 25. Remember when Boise State was always up in the mix, uh, flirting with top 10, flirting with, you know, um, playing well enough to argue that they should be in the national championship talk? Days are yeah, gone. They're still I do. in the program. Sure they are. 10-3 and three against Oregon, 7-5, and five, but Oregon's your seven-point favorite in this game. It, well, I'm not sure how to take this. Um, and this, this brings up a point, if I could just jump off topic here. Um, Willie Taggart took the job at Florida State, previously at Oregon. He was there for a year, not even, and is now pushing on to Florida State and decided to leave right away, get busy on recruiting and building a staff and getting things started at Florida State and behind, um, left the staff. Um, or kudos to Oregon making a quick hire in, in Mario Cristobal, someone with head coaching experience. On the flip side, though, Abel, you have what's going on at UCF. Scott Frost, um, obviously a guy, if you've seen Scott Frost and heard anything about him, an honorable guy, um, a guy that always strives to do the right thing. But what he's doing right now is trying to coach his football team when he's not the coach of the football team. You understand what I'm saying? Do you agree with Scott Frost staying on at Central Florida when he's already been named coach in Nebraska? No, I don't like it. It's, it's odd. I mean, you're in the center of recruiting season now. I mean, you're wearing a couple hats. You're not going to be the coach there. Yes, you led them to a great season, but I just don't see, you know, I don't see how that works. Yeah, um, I, it, that has to be uncomfortable. Um, it just has to be. So, I, I, you know, I'm of the opinion, and, and I and I know why he's doing it. You know, I know he's like, I got this thing started with you guys. I just want to see it to the end. Well, he ended up taking another job, and I don't fault him for doing that. Um, we know how this thing works in college football. Um, we know that m- mobility is necessary, and he's moving up, and he's moving on, and it's his, it's his alma mater. I get all that. He probably should have just left it to someone else. That's my Well, opinion. you know, look at it this way. You know, be like a guy, you know, you got your, your nice girlfriend that you met in high school. She thought you were going to marry her. Then all of a sudden, one day, Kate up. Kate Upton was interested in you, and you said, "You know what? I I, I got to go for it." But you said, "You know, we have dinner. We we have dinner reservations Friday night. I'm still going to take you out." You say to the old girl. I mean, yeah, I don't think if we have any women listeners, they're going to dig any of that that you just said there. Yeah, but yeah, that might really be uh, an accurate assessment of how this. No, thing I might not dig it, but it's right, it damn well is accurate. He's got he's got a date with Kate Upton, which is his, his Kate Upton, Nebraska, where he went to school. But he wants to take the old girlfriend out for dinner one last time. I'm not sure how that works. So let's run this back to the actual game, Emil. Um, This is one of the few times where you do get a team who's all, who lost their coach, but then now have a coach, full-time coach, not someone wearing an interim tag. I can't even remember the last time that that ever happened, if it's ever happened. Um, this is their actual head coach that they're going to be going into this game with. And for some reason, Emil, I I don't like them here as big favorites in this contest um, for a number of reasons. Oregon's used to going to bigger bowls. 
Uh, Mario Cristobal has now been thrusted into this seat as head coach. Um, and there are a lot of things to, uns- to, to sort out and get used to and get right that's just going to be, um, for lack of a better term, uncomfortable for him. Bowl preparation for an Oregon team. Um, just being a head coach and um, having an offensive corner, I think there's just too many unknown and parts that aren't well-oiled and put together yet for Oregon to be a seven-point favorite in this game against Boise State. That's just how I'm seeing this. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the way I feel. I just I I I just think that this is a weird situation for them, and it's it. I wouldn't be running to the window if I was in Vegas, where where the only state where betting is currently legal, by the way, uh, with to get a ticket on Oregon. That wouldn't be my that wouldn't be my choice. Yeah, um, so that's I mean that's how I'm looking at that. I don't have much on Marshall, Colorado State, Middle Tennessee State, Arkansas State, um, Florida Atlantic. One of the biggest favorites in uh, in all of the 41 bowl games that we have going this year. They opened up as a 17-point favorite. Able, they're now 22-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Florida Atlantic, clearly a better team than Akron. However, I don't know. The the, the Florida Atlantic train and the cheese, it might, it might be a little too heavy right now. Yeah, you know, and that's another situation where you got a team. How excited, you know, Florida Atlantic had a really good season, won their conference. Uh, Kiffin seems to be coaching, you know, doing a great job there. You can't fault them. How excited are they going to be to play Akron in this game? I can't imagine that they will be, especially when they're going to look up now, and kids pay attention to this, and see that they're more than three touchdown favorites in this game. I mean, they just had a game like that for their conference championship against North Texas. Now they got to go out here and play another game against uh, a similar foe um, in Akron. I don't think they're going to be that excited about it. No, either, I mean so. in Akron's last game of the season, they played Toledo in the MAC championship. Somehow Akron got into that game, uh, and you know, same situation. Toledo, an explosive offensive team. People forget that's a, that's an eleven and two football team right now. Uh, twenty and a half point favorites, and they didn't cover against Akron. They beat them by seventeen. That's just it's a, it's asking a lot, and especially in a bowl game because, like I said, the focus just might not be there for them. I'd probably be inclined if you made me, I would take the twenty two and a half points here. Um, yeah, um, I, I suppose with the proverbial um, pistol to your head, maybe that's the route that you would you would go with that. Any of these other pre. Christmas games um, drawing any attention for you? What about Texas Tech and South Florida? Well, there's one here first. The next day, I would probably take a, a good hard look in that Louisiana Tech-SMU game. Probably take a good hard look at Louisiana Tech because SMU's got a coaching change. SMU gives up almost 500 yards a game of, of on defense. They give up 487 yards a game and 35 and a half points. And that's usually not a formula for being a favorite and covering more than a field goal. So I would probably study Louisiana Tech a little bit, but on the surface, I, I would consider making them a pick plus five. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't know where I would go with that. Texas Tech and South Florida, I think um, Charlie Strong's been passed up for a couple of jobs here. Um, I, I, think, I think he's going to coach hard in this one. Um, and this is an opportunity against, um, a Big 12 team, albeit not one of the bell cows in the Big 12, but it's a chance for him to uh, go after one of these 
teams in the quote-unquote bigger conferences and kind of show his worth here. I, I think I like South Florida in this game. And he's, on top of all that, Emily has a very talented football team. Yeah, I expect South Florida to put one on Texas Tech here. Uh, you know, they usually play decent defense there. You know, they only give up 22 points a game, which in today's college game is, is pretty good. Uh, Texas Tech, not too interested in defense. Uh, I think South Florida is going to go hard here and try to make a statement, and I expect them to make it in that game. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, the rest of what I'd be interested in, uh, there is Houston and Fresno State um, on Christmas Eve. If you care to take a shot at that, it is the Hawaii Bowl. Um, I don't have an opinion either way on that. Yeah, that's you know what? Hawaii is a trick. You and I have talked about this a lot. You just It depends which team goes out there, if either one does. And, and focuses. Yeah, when you when you look at these Hawaii games, it's usually just something where you're trying to boil it down to who's going to be um, less focused in this game and get trapped by all of the trappings that Hawaii will bring to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, these are both one team's nine and four, one team's seven and four. They're, they're decent football teams. Fresno's had, a, a, you know, Tedford, uh, Tedford really has them above expectations you know if you look at their last few years at fresno state the program had fallen off and he got them back this year they they played in their conference championship game they had the odd uh abnormality of playing boise state back to back uh home the first game and beat them and then on the championship game at boise lost 17 14 and i'm not sure how focused they're going to be after losing a conference championship game to want to go and play a, a fairly talented Houston team. Um, you know, I, I would probably be looking at Houston if I had to in this game. Um, if I was leaning in a direction, I think I'd probably lean in the direction of Fresno State um, because they're on the up and coming. And Houston's Houston's done some big things over the last few years. And like this senior class and junior class has played in a whole lot bigger games than this. And they may be ho-hum about it and be like, what's the point? Um, given what we've done in the past, let me just go enjoy myself in Hawaii, and the game will be somewhat of an afterthought. Just yeah, I mean that's and that's very you know very possible that that's the case with with Houston, you know. Uh, but remember, they had a coaching change. The guy that led them to all those big games it wasn't there this year, and you know you're, you're thinking maybe this coach wants to end the year and springboard into the off season with the win. It's a hard game. Like these these games are better viewed like these Hawaii Bulls. I mean, if you're trying to make picks on them, they're hard. I mean, to me, it's just something to entertain myself on uh, Christmas Eve when, after I'm digesting whatever I eat. Yeah. Um, I guess for most of you out there, unless you're one of these uh, real heavy betting degenerates, just in, enjoy the games for the few minutes that you're going to watch them. If I, to be honest, though, Emil, um, those betting on these games are the ones that are going to be carrying it from a television audience point of view. Well, sure. I mean, you know, you missed a game the day before. I think an interesting game is that San Diego State-Army game. I mean, Army had a really nice year, capped it off with a win over Navy last week. They went 9-3. and three. San Diego State kind of flies under the radar early in the season. They had nice upset wins against Arizona State and Pac-12 runner-up Stanford. However, in their conference, they lost back-to-back to Boise State and Fresno, the two participants in the conference title game. But that's a pretty good San Diego State team. They give up less than 300 yards a game on defense. Um, and in today's game, that's impressive. Uh, 
there's a game I, I might be interested in San Diego State. I think Army season ended last week with that big win against Navy, and I'm not sure they can replicate that effort here. <laughs> and, and and when you got a team that plays defense like San Diego State, if they are able to shut down the Army run game, that game could, could have blowout city written all over it. I'm just interested in San Diego State because um, they've experienced a little bit of a resurgence over the last couple of years, and they've been able to belt out running backs over the last couple of years, too. I don't know if people have recognized that, but they've got a really nice one uh, this year in Rashad Penny um, following up, you know, the running. They've been they've been very good with that. And, you know, in my heyday, and by the way, Emil, um, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, I was committed to San Diego State for all of, like, 45 minutes once in my life. Yeah, well, I do remember you telling me before you went to Long Beach State, you, you had a real interest in the San Diego State. Yeah, a, a serious interest in San Diego State. Went down there, took the trip. San Diego was beautiful. Went down in a, in a, into, uh, into Mexico, went into Tijuana, had a great visit, liked the place, could see myself living in the city of San Diego for four years, um, and called call the old man to tell him about it and um, maybe celebrate with him and uh, curse me out. Amen. What, what was the problem with San Diego State? To, to dad uh twofold why am i making a decision like that um without really talking it over with him that was one and number two my cousin had played for san diego state and uh, he didn't really like how it went for him there so uh that and then my father also felt like they would make me a wide receiver as opposed to a defensive back which is what he thought i should play so my question to him in a rather very, very low tone was like, well, uh, why'd you let me take the trip? He didn't like that either. So uh, anyway, decommitment. I, would, I be, would I be wrong to say that San Diego State at some point might be a nice add to the Pac-12 and maybe we kick Oregon State out? I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, just might, might in fact be that. So nevertheless, um, you know, I didn't want to bore folks – with this story any longer, and we're talking about San Diego State and, and Army here. We're doing can we the best go to the NFL finally? We have can we do the NFL? Because these games, I mean, are you excited about these games or? The, the NFL's NFL? got some. Well, the NFL's got some big games this week. I mean, we talked about Packers Panthers earlier. There's some big games on the NFL board. Not all of them, of course. I mean, you know, the NFL, you got to pick your spots. But there's some there's well, big games this week. Well, I'll tell you what. Since you're super excited about the NFL, not to say that I'm not, but you seem to be super excited about it, why don't you jump on first this week, give me the three games that you like um, that you want to pick this week. Okay. And then we'll talk about the games after. That works. Okay, here we go. Last week, you, by the way, folks, Chad and I both went 2-1 and one in the NFL. The last couple of weeks we've been that? doing a lot better. Yeah, yeah, we've been on, on a little roll here. I'm going to start off with uh, the game tomorrow. I'm looking at this Chargers-Chiefs game, and the Chiefs really didn't do anything that made me think they've righted the ship. They beat the Raiders last week. They jumped out to a 26-0 lead. The Raiders actually had a chance to get back in that game. They had cut it to 26-15 with about six minutes left, and they had the ball, and it ended up at that score. Um, I think the Chargers are quietly one of the best 7-6 teams I've seen in a long time. They're, they're doing it on both sides of the football. They've got a dynamic pass rushing duel in, uh, in duo in Boza and Ingram, and Phil Rivers is uh, finding the fountain of youth. I think they go into Kansas City as one point favorites and easily win this game and take control of the AFC West. 
All right. Moving right along. Uh, I'm going to go, and this is one of those where I'm going to hold my nose and do it, okay? Uh, Because some of these picks this time of year, you just have to have some guts and you go for it. Um, I have Jacksonville as an 11.5 point favor here against the Houston Texans. I am not laying 11.5 points with Jacksonville. I think they're an up-and-coming team, love their defense, like a lot of things about them. I don't know how jacked up they're going to get to play the Houston Texans. And the Texans play decent defense. Uh, you know, if you really look at all their their peripheral statistics, yards per game, the, the, they don't have the statistics of a team that's 4-9. They score 24 a game, they give up 25.5. They're not a horrible team. They're getting 11.5 points. I'm going to grab the Houston Texans plus the 11.5 points here. Uh, I, th- I think they're going to hang in this game. And then finally... I'm going to Monday Night Football. I'm going to grab another team that I just I, I see everybody's on the Atlanta Falcon train here. I'm going to grab the Tampa Bucks at home on Monday night plus six. Uh, they've disappointed both Chad and I this year. We both thought the Bucks would be a better team. Um, no doubt they're sitting. Yeah, they're sitting at four and nine. They need to do something to springboard themselves into the off season on a positive note. And there'd be nothing better. I think they would like than to throw a monkey wrench in the defending NFC champion uh, Falcons playoff hopes. And doing it at home on Monday Night Football might be the perfect venue for Jameis Winston. He likes big stages. I think they'll use this game as their sort of playoff game because it's all they got to hang their hat on. And I like the Bucks plus six at home. Man, I think you're going to be swallowing hard uh, on those last two picks. But, hey, um, not saying they're wrong. I just think um, – yeah. No, you gotta have guts to take them at this time of year. The ones, those yeah, kind of right teams now. are you, tough you, to take. You are faced. You are faced with those. It's just amazing what happens to these lines as the years, as the year wears on, as the season wears on. Um, we've had what one, two, three, three double-digit favorites in games this weekend, and one's a greater than two touchdown favorite in in the contest. As the Saints are fifteen and a half point favorites over the Jets right now, it's just amazing how that starts happening. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think you know I think you, you got to keep in mind they're professional football players. They all get checks, so that's why you got to be careful with some of those lines. Yeah, uh, true indeed. All right, here's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to uh, kind of big game hunting here a little bit this week. Uh, we talked about Aaron Rodgers returning for the Green Bay Packers. What a boost for Green Bay! That's going to be. Um, he's coming back sooner than expected. Um, and, you know, I, I see a boost for for all of the guys around. Amol, here's the truth. You're on the road against Carolina. There's got to be some rust there. Just don't think he's going to come in here and it's all going to be flowing like it was at the time that he went down. And I'm seeing uh, the, the, the odds makers kind of building on the whole Aaron Rodgers return type of thing and making Carolina only a two-and-a-half point favorite in this contest. I think you get a lot of value in going with Carolina here. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is going to do Aaron Rodgers types type things, but let's look at Carolina, who's now won five of their last six games. They have things rolling right now. Coming off of that win of Minnesota, um, I might have been inclined to go against Carolina if they were big, solid favorites in this game, but they're getting slapped in the face here a little bit as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think I think uh, with this game being at home um, and and Rodgers being a little rusty, I like Carolina. It's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I almost made it a pick. I almost made it a pick. I agree with you 100% on this one. I think I think you nailed that. I just think there's a lot of value on the Panthers in that game. 
Jumping back to uh, a game that's going to take place tomorrow. It's featuring four and nine Chicago against seven and six Detroit. Um, Detroit has been a little bit of a, a you know a little bit of a disappointment this year. I don't want to say a big disappointment. It's hard to go into any season expecting a ton from Detroit, but we're talking about a team now that's lost two of their last three games. They are coming off of a win at Tampa Bay. They're coming off of back-to-back road games. I'm not liked how this defense has looked, Hamill. In their last five games, they've given up 24, 24, 30, 44, and then 21. Now you're bringing them back and you're asking them to be solid favorites against the Chicago team. It doesn't look like they've thrown in the towel on their season. Yes, they, they got their first win in their last six games last week, and they did it in blowout fashion at Cincinnati. I don't know if that was more about Chicago or more about Cincinnati laying down, but when you get this late in the season on a team with a losing record and you get a win like that, they tend to they tend to get a little bit more of a boost out of things than uh, some other teams would otherwise. One thing I do like about what I saw last week, Chicago ran for 232 yards in that game. If they could come with somewhat of that same formula, keep some of the heat off of the rookie quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, I think this we're looking at a back-and-forth football game and one that um, will have to be pulled out by a field goal. I just don't like Detroit, uh, the way they're playing now, being anything greater than a three-point favorite. So I'm going to back the Bears in this one. Chicago playing spoiler. And then uh, finally, um, a matchup out west as the Los Angeles Rams take on the Seattle Seahawks. Um, This is a big-time matchup. Um, A whole lot riding on the line here. The Rams fought hard last week in their game against the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, it was – and I made this comment on Twitter – it was great to see playoff football in the city of Los Angeles. I got a little excited. About that. Um, no, know, it was, it was a like good. It. it was a good game, and I felt the play calling. You know, the guy's been great out there, that young coach. But the, yeah, I think last Sunday he cost himself a win with some spotty play calling. I think they should have kept feeding Gurley. Um, that fumble Goff had when they were up one. You know, that was Goff's big thing. He holds the ball too long sometimes, and he went back to an old habit there. He dropped that football, and he was holding it too long, and that fumble cost him the game. But they were running the ball at will last Sunday. Yeah. um, The Rams are – listen, they've performed way over their heads um, this season. No one really expected this. Didn't know what to expect coming into the season. Certainly didn't expect this. Um However, in their last couple of games against what would be like playoff um, competition, they've not been at their best. Yes, they did get that win over New Orleans, but at Minnesota, laid a big egg. You come home, you've got this big-time matchup against Philadelphia, and you can't get the job done at home. And, Emil, this is Seattle's time of year. Um, Is this the best Seattle team they've had? Certainly not. But this still is a Seattle football team that – knows playoff football that's perennially in in the in the postseason. This is their time of year. They're coming in here off of a loss at Jacksonville. And the Seahawks don't put together back-to-back losses very often. Um, and I think coming off of that loss to Jacksonville where they just didn't play well uh, defensively either, gave up 30 points, not something they often do. I like them at home as less than – a field goal favorite in this contest against the Rams. Have the Rams been a pain in their side? Yes, but this is Seattle's time of year. I don't know if the Rams are really in tune with that yet. So I think no, Seattle. I, I mean, I could see that pick there. And like, you know, I said, I questioned, 
I thought it was my imagination, but I, I mean, as you're talking, doing this, I'm, I'm looking at the game, and I'm like, you know, the Rams ran the ball for 109 yards last week. They only called 17 running plays in a tight game. You're running the ball for what amounts to, what, six, seven yards a carry, and you're only going to call 17 running plays. Um, they better call more running plays up in Seattle because that pass rush will be getting after him. So, no, I could see your pick there. I, I, I like the Seahawks in this game, too. Yeah, I think that's the the way that I'm going to go. So I like Carolina, uh, Carolina and Seattle at home, Chicago on the road. Let's talk about a big one uh, also on Sunday afternoon, and that's New England and Pittsburgh. I'm sure the world will be on the New England and uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to be pissed bandwagon. Is that enough to make them a road favorite against Pittsburgh? I think more than that is they've just owned this rivalry the last seven or eight years, and I think that's what's making them a road favorite. I don't even know about the pissed off. They were down quite a few players in that Miami game, and I think people don't really understand how good Gronkowski is. I mean, you take Brady off the – he's the best player on the Patriots that's not – you know, other than Brady. And he's a nightmare matchup. And if for me, this game comes down to this, Chad, and maybe you as a defensive guy – can tell me where I'm wrong. I think New England's a very bad matchup for what the Steelers do defensively, especially now with Shazier out. The Steelers like to run a lot of zone principles, and they rely on the pass rush to get after the quarterback, force him into some bad throws, and you know, it turns into turnovers in that zone. I, I'm not sure that's a great matchup for them with New England because I just – Brady knows where to go with the football. When they have Gronkowski, they got a guy that just creates all kind of problems for them. Yeah, yeah, you know, there are a number of good matchups this week. This is the one um, that I'm super interested in seeing. Can, can in a game like this where both teams should probably be at their best, can Pittsburgh defend their home field here in a game against New England? If they can't, then the Patriots could go in here and dominate this football game. Amal, and I guess we're just pretty much saying New England's going to be in this Super Bowl again, and just the only thing left to figure out is who's going to be their opponent. Well, you, yes, barring major injury, I think it's. I think this is a bigger game, obviously, as you just pointed out for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins this game. They get home field. They'll probably see the Patriots again, and there's no guarantee they're going to beat them again on the home field, but at least they have a fighting chance. I think if the Steelers lose this game at home, and are forced to go to New England, I just don't think they're going up there and beating them. Yeah, I can't really see that either. So I'm a, I'm with you. This is a big game for Pittsburgh, a whole lot bigger than it is for New England, other than the fact that New England at this time of the year, in the middle of December, doesn't want to put together back-to-back losses um, because that might say a little something about them. So a lot on well, the line Let me ask here. you this, though. Here's what I see with the Steelers, though. I, I mean – Wins are wins. I understand that. It's the NFL, okay? But I see a team that's living on the edge and almost asking to lose the last few weeks. I mean, against less than great competition, they have a 20-17 to win against the Colts, a 31-28 win against the Aaron Rodgers Packers, a 23-20 win against Cincinnati, and a 39-38 win against, against Baltimore. I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously I really have paid attention to their game against the Colts, and they just looked disinterested. It looked like a college football team, uh, a top five college football team playing against an FCS opponent where they're just trying to get to the end of the game and we'll just do what we do here. And 
Yeah, but win you it can't sell end. that story. I believe that you're right probably in that instance, but you can't sell that story four out of the last five weeks. True, um, but if we're going to get the best of the Steelers at any point, this would be the time. And oh, what it better be. Yes, I agree with you. I think that, but I think that injury to, to Shazir is huge. I, I, I think from a football perspective, not even a human, the human perspective, it's obviously huge because you feel bad for the kid. Um, but from a football perspective for the Steelers, he was such a weapon for them and could do some things that, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to replace that in a game like this. Yeah, um, so all eyes will be uh, on Pittsburgh this weekend as the Patriots take on the Steelers. Let's talk about your favorite topic in the world, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, when is Zeke back, and and what do you think of this game against the Raiders? He's back the week after this for the Seattle game at home. Um, Good time to come back. Yes, yes. This is a game that, listen, the Cowboys have three straight playoff games. They have to win out have a good shot at making the playoffs and even this year with the way the nfc is 10 and 6 might find you on the outside looking in although usually what happens is things break the right way if you win 10 games typically you get in so um we'll see i i think they should win this game i'm not saying they will though i mean the raiders have shown me nothing to say that the, you know the, the raiders are not playing good football this year and yeah, I, one I think of the disappointments how, of this 2017 season yeah, because they really haven't had a reason to not play good football. I mean, they've had their major weapons. Uh, Cooper doesn't look the same. Crabtree's gotten lost at times. Carr doesn't look like the same quarterback at all. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe Marshawn Lynch wasn't such a great addition. I'm not so sure that was the smartest thing to do. But uh, for some reason, they don't look the same. And I think the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys got their confidence back. Now that they have all their offensive linemen back, the line looks good again. Albert Morris is getting five yards a carry, okay? So you know the offensive line is blocking again. So I think this right. is a game they should win. Um, yeah, a, a game they better win. Um, I, you know, listen, Emil, I like the Cowboys if they're going to get Zeke and Lee back and get all the parts back and make their way into the playoffs. So it would be nice for them to get this win against the Raiders, get Zeke back, um, and hopefully, or as one would expect with him back in the fold, um, win those last two games and get in the playoffs. I think it just makes the NFC race um, even that more interesting. It's clear that the NFC is the more interesting side of this NFL this year than the AFC. Well, and let's not make excuses, but, you know, the, the whole Zeke suspension thing threw a, threw a monkey wrench in their season. It cast a cloud over the season. Um, I, don't, I don't think it did them any favors. And they, they had quite a few games there where they were missing Ezekiel Elliott, Sean Lee, and Tyron Smith. You've got three guys that were AP All-Pro players last year. Okay, not even Pro Bowlers. AP All-Pro. I mean, that's hard to replace in professional football, especially in the salary cap era. Um, so we'll see. I agree with you. I think it would be interesting if they can get in. Uh, I think this is the pivotal game for them. I, I actually believe if they win this game, the Seattle game at home is manageable because of the injury Seattle has on defense. I think Dallas can do some things uh, that Seattle doesn't do well. Uh, so, I, I, you know, defensively, I think Dallas can take care of that. And the game against the Eagles with, with Nick Foles, that's a completely different game up in Philly. <laughs> so, so uh, how much do you like their chances if they're able to get into the postseason? Does Dallas come maybe become maybe one of the one or the two most dangerous teams um, 
they get into the postseason. Well, let me say this, put, putting my cowboy hat aside. They become a team like the Giants from a few years ago, where not a lot is, is expected of them. But if they were to make the playoffs, they'd be coming in on a five-game winning streak. Because for them to get in the playoffs, they're going to have to be 10-6. and six. So do you want a team like the Cowboys, who were 13-3 and three last year, if they come in healthy on a five-game winning streak, do you really want to see them in the first round if you're, if you're a coach? No, because it's not really a 10-6 and six football team. You know, so exactly that's my uh, point. They're not they're they're better than their record this year, and I know that doesn't matter because if they miss the playoffs, they miss the playoffs. But they have more talent than, like you said, a ten and six or a nine and seven football team. Yeah, it's just rough for them um, that you know now that you're getting Zeke back. The, here's your here's your last three games, um, difficult games to win. Um, and you need to win all of them to have a chance. So it's going to be interesting. By to the way, you know how you used to always tell me how important the running back was? I really noticed it. I, I was thinking of you the last couple of weeks, and this is no slight to Albert Morris. He's played very well. But you could see the difference. He's getting five yards of carry, but there's carries in the game where Albert Morris rips off nine yards, and you say to yourself, if that's Elliott, it's 30 yards. Of course, man. I've always said that defense and a running game – um, if you've got a great quarterback, that's, that's the X factor for you. But got to have that defense in a running game. So I'm glad you're on board with the uh, – Oh, yeah, I've been on board. But, I mean, the running back is more important than most fans realize. You can't just take – you could take any running back behind a really good offensive line, and the guy might get four and a half yards of carry. But what you lose are the explosive plays. You lose the plays yeah, that go for you need those home runs, man. You need to flip the yeah. field um, or you need to just shock a team. It's hard to just keep executing, executing, and uh, putting together 10 and 11 play drives. You know, and you just know this in coaching. When you're coaching uh, defensively, you just want to force a team to have to execute over and over. And when you have a running back like Zeke, um, if you make a mistake on defense, um, you might not get another chance to line back up on that series. He might hit you for 50 yards uh, or 30 yards and get the ball into right. – Field yeah, you bottle him up. He has, six carry, he has six carries, right, for six yards. You're a defensive coordinator. You shut him down. He's got six carries, six yards. You, you think you have him shut down. The seventh carry goes for 60 yards, and and that's that's, this, that's yeah. the end of the game. Uh, and that's the big difference that people need to understand, man. When you have a guy that can do that to you, when you're on the other side coaching against it, uh, it's a bit of a problem. Sometimes you end up taking some chances that you don't need to take, and it results in big plays elsewhere. It's a whole trickle-down effect. So um, something probably better left for another show. All right, man, your time's up. NFL, college out of the way. we got to talk high school football, and i got to talk Baker County. i got to get that. I gotta get okay, that well, out. I'll be back, God willing, next week, and we'll, we'll, we'll handicap some bowl games. Everybody enjoy the games, enjoy the weekend, and see you next week. All right, now Amos out. I'm going to jump into a break when I get back. Joshua Wilson, Florida, hsfootball.com, joins me here on a Gridiron Stud Show. Hang around. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. 
One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! time to talk some high school football um, season uh, wrapping down in most other states we've come to the end here in the state of Florida we had all of our championships last week class 1a through 8a uh, kudos again to FHSAA for putting all of the championship games into one weekend that was not always the case here um, we've, we've had it split for several years before that but the last two years uh, so much better to have everything taken care of in that one weekend. So, uh, again, a good job by the FHSAA and putting all of these games into one weekend. All right, so let's wrap up what happened here. Let's get a wrap on the season. And um, as he does every week, Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com joins us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Josh, how you doing? Doing all right. I'm actually on my way back up to the Villages High, high tra- uh, Charter High School. Uh, they're uh, doing the, uh, the 63rd Annual FACA North-South All-Star Game happening tomorrow. So this is where I'm at this week. So, so where's the game happening? At the, the Villages Charter High School. They got their own stadium. It's a beautiful facility, one of the nicest high school facilities you'll find in the state of Florida. Yeah, I've uh, I've not seen it. So um, if you've got some pictures, post them. Uh, would love to see it. I, a qu- question for you on that: How are those teams picked, by the way? Well, first, to, first, in order to get picked out of from your school, your coach needs to be a member of the association. So if you're not a member of the association, uh, with the coaching association, you're not going to get selected. Okay, um, and, and so and, like I, that, and I went and I went out. Well, I'll bring that up because a lot of, there's actually a lot of coaches in South Florida that are not members. So, you know, if you, if you start to look at the rosters, which we'll have, which they're, they're actually opposite, we'll, we'll post the full rosters later this afternoon on FloridaJustFootball.com. You'll see some South Florida kids, but you're not going to see. You're going to be like, where's the kids from Miami Dade County? Well, a lot of your coaches are down there are not members of the association. So, and what's what's required for membership, and why wouldn't um, why why wouldn't some of those programs be members. Uh, it, it, it's a various, it, it's a various, various reasons why some are not members. But it, 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 basically, you just got to be a coach and you oh, make you go, you sign up for your, make sure that your school. And sometimes, you know, the schools can sign up all the coaches for all sports. So it's not just uh, one sport; it's just like that's requirement for getting into the All Star game. So that's 
pretty much what the deal is. But uh, there's some there's some kids there's some, there's a couple of Broward County kids down here on the roster here that'll be playing uh, tomorrow. We'll get an opportunity for some kids to continue playing some football. Uh, you know, first for the love of it, um, and then second, some kids need extra looks in terms of recruiting. So a good opportunity for them. All right, well let's talk about That's a hot indeed. topic. At least it's a hot topic on my Twitter page. Um, I want to ask you a few questions before we get into this. Last year, who was the 5A coach of the year? I, from calling right, it was it was Coach Sertain. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm not even sure. Um, I got, I don't even, I don't even have in front of me since I'm driving. I don't even have the ones from right in front of me. I, I know I have them on my site, but I think I recall being, I think with Sertain last year did get the 5A Coach of the Year award. All right, yeah, well, just to put people once again, because I talked about it earlier in the onset of the show, uh, spoke about it with my uh, my, co- my co-host on the show, Emil Calamino. Uh, American Heritage won 14 games last year undefeated, made it to the championship, won the championship, um, bringing back several key players on, on from that team for this year's uh, 2017 season. With that, obviously, that makes them um, a favorite to return to Orlando. Um, and as such, goes through the season, undefeated once again, gets to the championship game, wins it handily against a Baker County team who, if I'm not mistaken, Josh, first time ever in the state championships? Yes, that is correct. Okay, first time ever in the state championships. And again, wins the game handily. Now, um, I say something on Twitter about it. Um with a you know a little bit of a surprise listen half half of that Josh was a joke that's why I included the picture um I'm not all that busted up about it but I pointed it out what ensued then now made it an even bigger deal for me because of how the folks from Baker County including some members of the coaching staff came at me about what I the the post that I made on Twitter it wasn't that big of a deal for me until they decided to respond about it and attack us saying that we recruit. That's when it became a big deal. Okay, so I made a little bit of a joke, and it turned into something a little bit more serious. Obviously, we're talking about high school football. It's not anything life-threatening, but, you know, a little bit of barbs being traded for the last 24 hours. Here's my point. Um, I I don't remember if Coach Ten was the coach of the year last year. Neither one of us can confirm that currently. If he wasn't last year, like I said to you, I'm I'm, – I'm not even that busted up about it. Pontevedra did a hell of a job last year getting there. And then when they got to the game, well, they – You know what? It might have been Tobin last year. You, you just mentioned late about Pontevedra, and it might have been Tobin that got it from um, from, I, I, from my understanding, and I can't confirm it, that's what I believe happened. So if that is the case, Josh, what does, what does Patrick Sertan or the coach of American Heritage's football team have to do – to be coach of the year. You win 14 – you go undefeated one year, you win it. You come back next year with a bullseye on your back, not to mention um, your biggest district foe loading up and putting in any, any and every effort they can into beating you, and you beat them twice in the season, and then you get all the way through the playoffs, and then you, you get there and you, you pretty much handle the team that you, you went against. All right, that could have gotten really, really ugly. And you win them all again. What does he have to do? Like not play a team that's 
there for the first time ever in their history? How, how does that work in your opinion? Uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, no, the whole thing was the whole thing. I mean, really, it's a, it's a combination process of everything. I mean, it's really, you know, it's it really there's a lot of varying factors to how that works because it's there. There, you got the coaches that are voting, that are that are representing their districts from the Florida Athletic Coaches Association, and you got the media. media. So it's it's a it's a mix of both. And mm-hmm. really, at the end of the day, I think we're looking at, okay, what did the team do this year? What did the coach do this year? We're not looking at last year. Really, last year doesn't matter in the voting. Last year, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to us. And that's what's that part, of, part of the reason why certain because a lot of people expected, oh, well, okay, American Heritage was expected to get here, win this game, do that. Baker County, not to say, not to say no one has Baker County on the radar. I can even tell you myself, Baker County was on the radar. So, mm-hmm. there's that. So, okay, um, understandable. So we can throw out last year, but he did this year what he did last year. Maybe you expected American right. Heritage to be there, but American Heritage won every game on their schedule, and it's, it's right. American Heritage does not schedule weaklings. American Heritage goes out and schedules real football games, and they leave out of state to go play strong opponents. And they win every game. What's he have to right. do? But it's a, it's a perfect it – really, Chad, it's a perfect storm. Really, this is kind of the perfect storm. You should really have a 1A and 1B if, you're, if, you're one, if you want my honest take. Have a 1A and 1B. I mean, really, really – I would have – and to be honest, I'm surprised they didn't tie in the beat if they didn't have a tie on it. Mm-hmm. So, Was there such a thing? You know, that could – I, I that, what, if there was a one A and one B, I would say, hey, you got one A and one B. Take both coaches. Hey, both coaches did. Hey, one did you know tremendously well on a nationally ranked schedule. One surprised everybody. I mean, that's the way True. I guess it was a perfect storm. Yeah, and in a in a tie, you know, I'm just telling you how we feel. On a tie, I guess it's going to be given to someone else. There's just this feeling for us that. Um, yeah. We're persecuted because we're a private school. The comparison keeps being made by the folks in Baker County and then others maybe that are around in that area. It's tough to know exactly where people are coming from. But Chad, Chad, um, Chad, Chad, Chad keep on the but think, but think, but think but, 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 minus the recruiting part because I'm not, I'm not that's not, that's not an argument that I'm going to make here because that's I mean I can't I'm not going to choose anybody recruiting or anything like that because I don't know that's not that's not my business that's my thing. At, when, when you've got a roster that you've got 15, 15 D1 commits and people are looking at it, they're looking at it in bigger county side, they don't have that. They don't have those straight weight commits. They're all country boys. They, they live in a one, a small county. Most of those boys have not been outside that county or within, that, within the radius of going to Jacksonville. They're right near Jacksonville. So small rural county. This, that was good for them, saying, hey, don't discount what we've done because we're, we're in a small county. We haven't been this far. That's what they're trying to they're, 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 that's I, what's kind of yeah, I understand, them. I understand it. Uh, let me make a couple points to you. Number one, um, American Heritage may have 15 Division I football players on their team. I'm just wondering how people think that happens. They were, fifth, they were Division I football players. Uh, I, let me just, what do people think that 
we rode around in vans and we saw division one football players on a field on a basketball basketball court or walking down the street we threw them in a van and brought them to our school or did they come to our school with some kind of amount of talent and then through hard work effort and dedication we turned them into those players and um, through their own efforts turned themselves into those type players and then number two is you know what Josh I sat there pregame and Baker County's team came out. Now, granted, I've been watching them on film. And I watched them come out, and I see huge linemen coming out there. It's what I saw on film. Those are Division I-type football players there. If they don't have Division I offers, then shame on someone in this whole process. Those look like Division I linemen to me. I look at their running back. That's a Division I running back to me. I look at their wide receiver, who sometimes lines up as a Wildcat quarterback. That's a Division I football player to me. So the fact that they're not Division I football players is not our fault. I don't know whose fault that is. They have, they have talent on that football team. I saw talent come out there. That's not how the game they played talent, out. But they, have, but they have talent, but they don't have nationally recognized talent like what, what American Heritage has. That's the difference. Granted that, you know, thing, because they, you know what? If you told if most people think, yeah, I say I'm familiar with Baker County because I grew up, grew up around in, in, in that journal vicinity and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, but if I, you know, it's, if I'm normal, everyday, Floridian, you know, in the state, following high school football, I don't know who the hell Baker County is. You know, most people, 95% of this state do not know who Baker County is. They don't know where Baker County is on the map. Is that American they Heritage? It's not American Heritage's fault, but at the same time, what I'm trying to say is that people, people I'm trying to point out at the same time, they're doing the best they can with what they've got. You're, we're talking, we're talking small rural counties that you know economically, y'all have got it better economically, a better economic advantage in Broward County alone than they do in Baker County. That's different, right there. People, it's, 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 there's a lot of factors playing. It's not anybody's fault. It's just the way. It, it's the perfect storm in this whole situation. Well, all right, and then so Josh, here's where this strikes a chord with me because really, honestly, at the end of the day, I, I do not at all want to take anything away from Baker County. Tremendous accomplishment. You did something that no one expected. You'd never been there before. You made it there. It's more me for me, an attack on this mentality where, okay, no one had ever heard of Baker County small time football. No one knows who they are. Um, so, you know, let's, let's give it to them. And what I notice is that this is the mentality that strikes American heritage when they're playing games throughout the season. This is what we have to go up against. Not only are we playing against the opponent and a coaching staff that's doing everything they can to defeat us, I feel like in the officiating and just in the general thought that that's the attitude people have. It's this big monster um, school where they go out and they recruit kids against these little small-time guys, and then everyone is for those little guys, including the officials, we're going to give them all the help that they can get to try and have them defeat this Goliath. And when it comes down to officiating, Josh, that cannot be how this is done. Cannot. And it upsets me. I can't. I mean, officiating, that's, that's a whole other ball game, and that's a whole other thing. And I don't really like to touch the officiating side because – no one wants to touch it, Josh. They just No one wants to touch it. No one wants to talk about it. But I'm telling you, it's a real thing that we experience week in, week out. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one reason why I don't want to touch the officials. And when you when you hear it, you may.
they actually realize we've got a problem here at all levels. Not and it's just the thing. Our officials are actually lower paid than the officials in our neighboring states of Georgia and Alabama. Our officials do not get paid equivalent to what our neighbors to the north, smaller states, getting paid. That's why we probably have problems down here. They're not getting paid. They're not getting treated like they should be. That's the problem. Yeah, and that is a problem. I mean, coaches are underpaid, officials are everyone's underpaid, and and probably what is the greatest football state in the country. Um, and I just, you know what, I'm, I'm retired from coaching. Maybe that's, maybe, that's a, maybe that's something I could take up and find out why it is exactly that way. Let me follow around here. The officials are underpaid. The coaches are underpaid in this state. But until the, until the school board actually start paying the coaches a better stipend, ain't nothing going to change here. Ain't nothing going to change for the coaches. The private schools have to give them a $10,000 stipend. Allow that because if they, the FHA tries it, FHA's done. 
it's just it's, it's politics. Everything comes down to politics. Yeah, I, I mean, has there ever even been those kind of talks? I mean, this, this, back in the mid nineties, they tried to do. They thought about doing a split with those guys, split the playoffs. That got that got that, they, there was there was fights all across the board. Yeah, um, unfortunate because I just don't think it it should be that way, and that's. Um, what had me all up in arms. I think that's just the whole genesis of the thing. So just yeah, again, really, it's a PR image. It's a PR image. You can just, you know, you just, you have more public schools playing football than private schools. At the end of the day, people see private schools having unfair events. They got the whole county. They could be, and technically, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, what we mean, y'all have got Baker County. They got their own county, but they're only twenty-five thousand people. You know, y'all get what you know. You come to your school. You got a million people on people in Broward County alone, and that's what people are saying. Hey, you know, you can get kids from your own county, and you can grab them from anywhere. And you got a million people. We've got twenty-five thousand, and we're just small country people. That's what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's this other thing too, Josh, that you know about down here. Whether you're public or private down here in South Florida, um, you get transfers. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just it's one of those things. It's just it's at the end of the day, it's really just, it, it's, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's just a PR thing. It's, it, it, and really, it's, just, it's, it's not going to die, Chad. It, it, it's gonna, there's going to be that talking until something, something's done. And, and at the end of the day, it's just going to be, we're, we're just going to have this talk continue. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Joshua Wilson joining me here from FloridaHSFootball.com. Again, if you... I want to call into the show. The number is 319-527-6059. All right, so let's get down to what actually took place on the field. Yeah, let's let's get on that. Um, Let's talk about the 8A game, Dr. Phillips versus Atlantic. Um, I got to admit, um, rooting for Atlantic there. Um, It's been a while since they've been there for both of these teams, but, you know, being down this way, obviously rooting for Atlantic, they just couldn't get anything going against Dr. Phillips. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Atlantic got no one expected Atlantic to be there, I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, it's uh, – and really – and I'm going to explain something here this on this chat is that some of these awards and stuff, really, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. it's just that it comes, down, it comes down to, you know, the thing. I mean, it's really – a lot of these classifications, you had teams that were – that got the state championship game that no one expected to be there this year. Yeah, we talked about that last week, just how many teams are kind of here for the first time or are, being, are there after a long absence. That was part of our conversation last week, so we knew that going in. I mean, it's, it's really at the end of the day, it's really, you know, who, who's doing what? You know, it's, it's, it's just really it's kind of crazy to think about this and really – all those coaches really deserve something, you know, some kind of a kudos or applause because really it's, you know, it's really, you know, for I me, mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get there. It's tough to, it's tough to think about it. And the fact that you beat teams like Aventus, you know, beating a, a St. Thomas Aquinas like they did, you know, who does that? Not many people can do it. No, um, but Venice has a pretty good football team. And let's talk about, their game against Bartram Trail. Your final score is 37-24, but if you watch the game or are paying attention at all, um, Venice was a lot more dominant than what this final score showed. Right. That was absolutely right. I mean, Venice was very much dominant. That score, 
the scoreboard doesn't the scoreboard only tells one part of the story to be honest with you. I mean that that's yeah. the thing. Venice dominated that first half and then they just kind of let off the gas a little bit in the second half because they knew they had it pretty much well in hand. And that's the thing. Yeah, um, Bartram Trail comes up with a couple of quick scores late in the end of the game to kind of clean up the score, and they were trying to make a comeback, but weren't wasn't able to have enough things go their way to 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 make a run at it in the end. Very impressed with Venice uh, quarterback and and wide receiver as advertised. Um, when you sit there and watch it, because I don't think a whole bunch of people paid attention to Venice um, until they beat St. Thomas, you could see how that could have happened. A pretty solid squad Venice put together this year. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and that's the thing, you know. At the end of the day, you know, it's just, just, just you know, Venice played Venice played their best football to get there, and then Venice played their best football in that state title game. I mean, at the I mean, thing, and I mean, you look at all these games, you know. I mean, it's it really, it's, at the end of the day, Chad, it's just the whole the whole spectrum, the whole all these state championship games, you know. These teams all earned that right to get there, and then really, you know, I think some of you can credit the new system for for changing up some dynamics because. Some teams that you know may have not been may have been there pushing. They they pushed at the end, at the end of the day, and got there. And I mean, it's it gave us a whole different perspective. But you know, I mean, the only the only problem with this year when I have with state championship games, the attendance was down, and that I didn't I didn't think that was a good thing considering that the teams that got there and think, should have been. I, I think weather uh, may have played a part in that. The weather forecast for the weekend weren't uh, very inviting, and it ended up not being as bad as what was forecasted. I, that might have played a little bit into it. No, it did play a little bit of a role in that, and that's the thing at the end of the day. It, you know, it just did play the role in the weather, I and mean, the weather played a role. But, you know, I think sometimes it's just – I think, I think you know, sometimes it's playing in that big stadium, I think, in my opinion, stadium, so it doesn't feel like it's so empty. You know, if you had, your, if also, you had your choice, Josh, if you had your choice, where would you like to see the state finals played every year? Don't play the Orlando City Soccer Stadium for all I care. I mean, that's a smaller stadium. It would probably it would be louder. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's, I mean, I mean, I would have liked to have seen it going to Daytona Municipal like they wanted to a couple of years ago. But, you know, Daytona kind of, as I say, screwed the pooch on that one. So that's uh, what happened there. And, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, how much longer are we going to see them at Camping World Stadium? Um, you know about the contracts. How 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 much longer are they well, there? We got next year. We got we, we got next year. Then the contracts up for uh, for bids again. So unless they decide to renew it, but I think that's up for bids in in, in the, after next uh, next season. So at the end, of, I mean, it really Chad. At the end of the day, it's it's and also another thing, they got to start offering an all day tickets. They've got to start. They they've got to start doing something because twelve dollars a pop a game. I mean, you're telling fans basically, okay, well, twelve dollars a pop, well, go to four games, that's forty-eight dollars. Well, then in some time, might as well go all eight. It's ninety-six dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, look, God forbid, if you got a family of five, um, you're you're in the NFL um, prices hey, right hey, there. Hey, Dad, 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 Dad. I got I got Coach May from Douglas here. He's sitting here and he's like, "What is he sitting there while I'm started here?" So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um. Uh, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. They got to they got to do something with it. It's um, I feel another article coming on. I appreciate them getting all the games in one weekend, um, but we've got a couple more things to do if we're going to get this thing where it needs oh, to no, go. Yeah, there's, you... a, there's, 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 there's a couple more things that the FHA needs to go with. One, we need to get the all day all, all day tickets. Two, we need to find a good smaller facility. In my opinion, somewhere 
where it, you know, where the crowd noise can be a bit more of a factor because, to be honest, I don't think the crowd noise is much of a factor these games. They're not. That's just the way I look at it. It's not really a factor. And then, yeah, you know, and then likely, early, not nearly and, enough. It'd be nice to have that kind of atmosphere there because for a lot of thing, and the, and that's, that's it. Right. And then, the, oh, I was just going to say, another thing is, is start cross-cracking your playoff game. You know, I mean, it, well, you know, Cardinal Gibbons and Aubrey Wright should have probably been playing for a state title, too, along with you guys. I mean, that's just, that's just my personal opinion on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's north versus south until something's done. Yeah, I don't even know how you would do that. Maybe they should take a look at how they do things out in California. Um, I think they have a little bit of a different way of doing things because it's a super long state and, um, you know, you've got – You've got so many different communities, kind of like what we have here. Yeah. You go throughout the state of California. It's probably something that should be looked into. Yeah, so funnily indeed on that. I mean, it's, I think there's a thing. I mean, really at the end of the day, you know, we got we got you know all the teams deserve to be at Orlando. They play they play. I mean, all of them try to play their butts off. You know, that's the, that's the thing. And really, it's just you know, you know, the teams are going to be so. You know, the, yeah. the teams deserve to be there. They they earned it. They got they got there. So really, you know, it's just you know, at the end of the day, it's you know, football is football in Florida, and we'll just have to see what twenty eighteen brings us because it'll be year two of the playoff system. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they've done kudos to them for being open to change and doing a few tweaks. But as you and I said, there's still some more tweaks um, left to go before we get this thing exactly right. Were you surprised at all? By the 3A game, I thought Chaminade would run away with it a little bit more than they did. They did end up getting the, the victory, I think, first time since 2005 for Chaminade, but it was a closer game than I thought. Yeah, that was the first time since 2005 for them. So, that's that. I talked to them, and that was, that was probably the best ball game outside the 6A game for all, for all state championships. Yeah, you got to take your hat off to Sean Shivers. What a career. What a season. Over 2,000 yards rushing. Um, he was – a really a load for for many of the teams that they played to deal with, and the same thing again in the state finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just I mean it really was. I mean, just <laughs> I mean, just the whole thing. I mean the three eight game in Chad. I mean Chad, because you know the three eight game that was. Uh, I didn't expect. I mean I expected expected Shaman on the win, but I didn't expect them to have to kick a field goal eight seconds lost. Yeah, <laughs> it ended up being winning, a, you know a much better game. Thought you know they would. It, you know, there'd be a, a lot more domination there, but kudos to Oxbridge, um, a good coaching staff, good program there, made it a, a really, really good game. I happen to be in attendance to the 6A game, Armwood and Northwestern. Um, to be honest, I don't remember what Pinko said. I think he said Northwestern by one, but I thought Northwestern would dominate that game too. It ended up being a little, little more uh, back and forth than I thought. Yeah, that was a back and forth, and that was a game that saw two 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 punt two botched punt snaps uh, go for safety. So you know that. How often do you see you that? Don't see that title game? <laughs> yeah, you don't see that. No, very and often. not. No, so there's that. I mean, I, I just say, I mean, it really at the end of the day, again, the whole thing. You know, we got the, we we got some good title games. We only had we well only one running clock game. You know. Hey, at least at least it's better than what we had five six years ago. I mean, I think twenty eleven was really bad for a year because we had a lot of running clock games in the state title games. But you know, hey, you know, if, if you can if you can have one or zero running clocks in a state title game, you're doing good. 
Yeah, um, Champagnat Catholic get, getting back in it again, uh, getting back last year and and uh, getting a little redemption. They the muscle. They did. They did. They did what they had to do in that game. Wanted comfortably twenty four seven to them. Um, so kudos to them, um, to to to, the, to Dennis and and the guys at Champagnat Catholic for getting it done. How about the biggest surprise of the entire weekend? Reigns over Coco. Uh, well, that day, the game got went both ways at the end of the day, thing, and Coco just kind of, I think Coco shot themselves in the foot in the second half, and Reigns took advantage of it, and Reigns played, played, played some ball, and everybody didn't have Reigns winning it. They thought Coco was going to repeat, you know, given the, given the history of things, but uh, yeah, I thought the Reigns were winning it. Yeah, um, I don't know what Coco has coming back. But um, yeah, that's going to be one motivated team coming back after after what what happened here this year. So um, all in all, uh, a good weekend. Not a not a great weekend. And you know, in, in the future, I think you and I could talk some more about how this thing could be really really great. I mean, there's great high school football and talent and athletes down here and coaches that care. Um, I would just love for all of the other stuff to kind of get on par with some of these other states like Georgia and Texas. And I don't see why we can't. Oh, I don't see why we can't either. But uh, it's just, it, it takes work. It takes time. It takes uh, using platforms to advocate, to advocate for things. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll be on that. Well, listen, Josh, uh, outstanding coverage all throughout the year. Um, I, you know, I love the way that you personally upped your game um, with Florida HS football and the, and the scoreboard show and the live streams. Um, outstanding job, and man, I can't believe it's over so fast. Yeah, it's over. I mean, it's the thing. I mean, 2018 season will be here before we know it. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and you and I will be doing this again, man. So I want to uh, thank you not only for joining me today, but all season long talking high school football here on the Gridiron Station. I appreciate it, Chad. Have a good one. All right, you too. That was Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com on here with me to talk to uh, wrap up the Florida state championship games. Um, it's it's all over. I remember uh, wishing for football. It seemed not too long ago, and it's here, and it's gone that fast. So we're officially into the offseason, even though there's an all-star game going on north versus south there. Up, um, and Josh is right on top of it. He doesn't miss anything. All right, well, nevertheless, that's it for us on uh, week 15 of the Football Friday Show 2017 here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Didn't do the Facebook Live today. We are just on the radio, but thank you all for listening in. Appreciate you. Um, and so enjoy your weekend of football. We'll be back, Hamel and I, next weekend, or actually next, probably Thursday or Friday, to talk football here again on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks for listening. You can stay.